So Adrian, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Uh, could you just introduce yourself a little then? Walk us through your background in technology. So I've got my technical education is in electronic engineering. Uh, I have worked a lot in uh, agency world, especially technology focused and technology based agencies. Um, I've uh, so I've got a technical background, strong technical background, but through the last 20 years, I've gathered a lot of commercial experience as a CTO, CEO of a few companies. My sweet spot is in startup scale-ups, but I've been on the board of a PLC also, so I know a little bit what's happening in the public companies. Uh, but I do love I do love helping companies grow and getting them through the pains of that growth. I'm currently doing a CEO position. And I do believe that the COO, it's a sort of pinnacle of a lot of stuff that I have learned because it melts very, very nicely, combines very nicely the commercial side with the technical side. And I believe if you really want to run effectively the operations of a company, you need to know how the internal works, but also what the customers want from outside. And you need to put those together. So tell me, what led you to Ebate? It was a little bit of a long, you know, six months uh, discussions with them. Um, if you look in my um, background, my previous jobs were in what we call new media, um, AR, VR, that sort of stuff. I know Apple has brought recently something called spatial computing and they will market that a lot, but that sort of area. And the company that I used to run in London, um, was specializing in that but we were pioneers and we had fantastic and very interesting successes but also a lot of low points what i liked about ebate is apart from a change of area which is always very interesting is challenging they are in fintech it's not an area that i knew so much about beforehand but they also have a very good product market fit so i was very interested in that I was also very interested in the fact that there is a market. There are a few big players. So not all the arrows will end up on our backs. Yeah. As you do when you're a pioneer in, a, mm -hmm. in an area. So I wanted that sort of change. Yeah, very interesting. So I, I'm keen to understand a little bit around your day-to-day -day activities as COO. Yes. So I deal with everything that goes wrong. <laughs> I mean, uh, joke aside. My role is to design and enable and implement processes that will align the commercial aims of the company with the internal capabilities. I every day juggle three basic things, time, resources, and money. As a scale-up or as a startup, you always have to play with those. And that sort of crosshair where those three meet, you always have to keep in balance, yes? So I'm looking at day-to-day -day business operations, but also looking at the future. How do we make sure that we are prepared for the future while at the same time think about the present and how we deliver things tomorrow? So before you collaborated with Adroit, what challenges were you facing within your tech estate? So the collaboration with Adroit was mostly around DevOps and infrastructure. The challenges that the company had or have uh, are very sort of natural to the level of where they are in the sort of growth path. Um, so some legacy code, 
some documentation which is not there, uh, mainly because you know it has grown organically. It's moved very quickly from an MVP to a commercial staff. Wow, we've got clients. Suddenly, you know, we forget about what we have in tech debt and we have to serve the clients, you know, which, which happens in, a, in every company. The team has a lot of experience, but is not evenly distributed. So we've got situations where one person knows a lot about something. Well, that's usually a point of, of, of risk. Mm. Some people wanted to leave. We were quite uncovered on the, on the DevOps on the infrastructure side. We are AWS based. AWS is a behemoth. It's huge. Yes, there's a lot of it's wide and deep. So that sort of knowledge had to be acquired. And um, we want you to acquire that sort of stuff and have someone in as quickly as possible. But also someone who has the right culture to work in an environment which is by its nature scrappy. Well, what is the main criteria uh, for partnering with a consultancy such as Adroit? Well, I've got experience as a consultant also, so I know, you know, what are the pitfalls and what are the benefits of that. And I'm always looking for a consultancy that understands the context. And there are two important things. is the engineering context, but it's also the cultural context. Yeah. You can always come from outside and know exactly what is the optimum solution and the holy grail of what you want to achieve and all of that sort of stuff. But in reality, in the day-to-day -day, uh, business operations, you have to make a lot of decisions, some of them more uncomfortable than others, yes? Mm. And you want the company that comes to help you to understand that, to understand your context, to understand where you are and understand where you go, yes? And that sort of background, especially when you hire someone who can help you in the engineering side, it's good to have people who understand that, mm. that stack, who understand that those solutions, who are good at architecting those, uh, who sit down with you and talk about those. And it's, it's that sort of proverbial, you know, hit the ground running. Well, in our case, that was a case. We had an overlap of just two or three weeks with someone who used to run the <laughs> DevOps but wanted to leave and someone else who we didn't know who that person was. Um, so it was it was very sort of nail-biting. Mm. So you needed someone who has the experience, and that's what Adroit proved to have. Mm. So what I heard was um, an organization that both has the experience, but also understands the broader context of the challenge. Correct. And yeah. it's, it's a big challenge. And we, we have some challenges. We continue to have some challenges. We're addressing them. We, we clearly have a path, a very good path now to address those. But you need help. And, you know, honestly, it's a full-time role to just wait through CVs and, and interviews. And, you know, if you go to a consultancy or to an agency that do not fully understand the subject, you are in the sort of 50% good, 50% bad, or even, you know, 40, 60. If you go to a consultancy that understand that, that have their own network of vetted engineers, which is very important. You get into that 10% where you know that, you know, more or less you mm. get the right people. Yeah. And you talked a little bit just briefly about the path. I'd be keen for you to explore that a little bit. Just give us a little bit more context around the project that you've undertaken with Adroit. Yes. So the first, first of all, was putting infrastructure on, a, on an even path so that we are becoming more proactive on doing things. 
rather than reacting to what was happening. Yes. And that included monitoring, that included some refactoring of our resources, that including reducing the costs. We're spending quite a lot of money with AWS. They're very supportive with us, but we want to reduce some of the, of the costs that we're incurring. You probably know that AWS is a, it's, it's a good solution, but very quickly your costs can ramp up if you're not careful. Yeah? So you need to know what you're doing. You need to know what are all the plans that you can actually use. The resources have to be load balanced properly, all of that sort of stuff. We also in, uh, are going through a big pro process of moving to a managed solution, managed database solution, which is our Postgres in, in, in uh, AWS. And that takes a lot of time, a lot of preparation. We can't afford to have downtime for our clients. That has to be minimized. And, uh, you know, you have to play those balls in the air and make sure they don't, don't, don't drop mm -hmm. any of those. So you need some people who have done that before. Yeah. And nothing, nothing, uh, uh, replaces experience. Yes. Because people who've done it before know what are the caveats of each solution, how to implement it, what are the, mistakes as I've made in the past, you need that. So just talking about your engagement this far, this far with Adroit, um, how would you say it's different to previous consultancies you've worked with? Well, I think, as I said, the most important stuff is the fact that they are engineering based. They know it firsthand. Yeah? They've done that before. They've been there before. They understand the concept. They've been very um, good at sitting down with us and understanding where we are and where we want to go, which is quite important. You want to engage with a consultancy long-term. So bringing them into your plans and getting, you know, opening up the, 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 the door and showing them a little bit where you want to go will allow you to plan a little bit ahead. Yes. So the hitting of the ground running is not that done in the rush hour. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's planned. And they've been very patient with that and um, came up with, with some solution, very, um, very sort of uh, responsive whenever we had problems, because inherently you have problems with some of the people. They've managed to, you know, approach those people and give them the right, the right guidance. You want a partner, yes, generally. That's what you do want, because you want to establish a sort of partnership, and that will serve you long term. Uh, I mean, I can hire a consultant tomorrow and another one next week and all of that sort of stuff, but you want them long term, if possible. Yeah. So, And you want to have that reliable source of uh, resources with the right capabilities and the right frame of mind. So, for instance, very you know practically, the, the person that we we hire through Android, this DevOps person, had exactly the right attitude that we needed. Yes, he understood that it's a tough job in a way. Uh, he will have to deal with a lot of things that are not saved on a plateau for him. He will have to go and ask those questions. You know, nobody is just coaching that person. You know, it's it's thrown in the middle of their swimming pool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. needs to um, to swing while some people are holding their, his head down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that that was very important, the uh, the context. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and getting the right people who will not come for two or three weeks and they say, oh, God, this is a complete nightmare. You know, I'm not prepared to just fight my corner here. I thought it would be a smooth ride. No. Uh, those were people who were 
battle hardened and they knew exactly what to do. Nice. And that has really almost saved us in a, in a time when we were, I mean, we're not in danger of anything, but uh, we needed to cover that, that area of infrastructure properly. Talking about team building, how has Adroit supported that objective of building the internal capability, uh, the capability within your organization? Yeah. We have discussed, you know, what we want to do. And we've discussed a little bit, how do we map resources and cap capabilities and experience to what we want to do here? And then they came up with some, some sort of ideas of, of uh, people who can actually support that. So together we looked at, you know, mapping those resources into into what we want to do. So they've been, you know, they've been very helpful in that. So I guess what's the future for Ebate and, and the relationship with Adroit? Well, Ebate is growing. We are probably moving from a position where everything is sort of inner looking, developing this into outer looking towards the market. There is a time when your development is actually um, continuing, but at the same time your commercial op commercial uh, operations are growing. Yes, because you have to do sales, you have to do marketing. Yeah. We are, we we want to be innovators in the field, uh, and I know that innovation is a very sort of hot chestnut, but we want to do that. Uh, as I said, there are some players, including one of them, one of our competitors, who is extremely well funded. Yeah. The only way to get the right share of the market is by innovation. Yeah. And part of that will be delivering on that, on that sort of plan of innovation. In order to deliver, you'll have to have the right resources. Yeah. Mm. Constantly, we'll need to optimize. Constantly, we'll need to understand what AWS are bringing new, where, where they can help us. Basically, our stuff has three main components. It's obviously the stuff that's doing the right calculation and everything else. As you know, we are in, 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 in a financial uh, planning type of application, rebate management. Um, but there is an onboarding side to it, uh, which we want to optimize as much as possible, make the journey of our clients as smooth as possible. And there is then, you know, uh, the stuff that we want to do with the data. And there's a lot of stuff that you can do with the data. Part of that are different applications that AWS offers. We need some specialists on that. We need some people who have done that before. I'm sure Adroit can help with that. Uh, so we'll continue to mine their knowledge and their network of people. Again, what's very good for us is those people are vetted. People have been and done that before. Um, for us, that will cut a lot of our time. Yeah. And we do not have a lot of that. As I said, there are three things, money, resources, and time that we need to always juggle. Yeah. If we can optimize any one of those, that's perfect. And that's why you work with, with a company like Adroit. Just a really around Ebate itself, just to, I'd like to just explore um, Ebate's USP in the market. Sure. So uh, we are a SaaS product. Uh, we do the rebate management. So traditionally, rebate management was done in, you know, with, with spreadsheets uh, and all sorts of other unstructured data, PDFs, Word documents, contracts, you know, all of that. Most of our clients are large clients where the um, rebates are quite a, not a large number, but quite a significant number of the revenue. So they're important, yeah. 
And if you look at the stats, and I've got the stats from, I don't know, probably a few years ago, but I think they're still valid and the number is probably not far away from that. Around the world, there's around $500 million in rebates, which nobody knows that they were supposed to pay or being paid for. Yeah? Uh, our system brings everything into one place yeah, where you can do trading, um, voices, remittances, uh, all of that. Yeah, So you've got a one source of truth and it makes the whole rebate management calculations, but also planning much easier. And obviously uh, where we are at the moment is we're looking at what we do today as business as usual for most of those companies. But we also want to look at the future, how they can actually get some foresight into things, how they can do planning. Can we mine that sort of data for patterns? Can they change in real time the way they, they approach those rebates in order to maximize their revenue? And we work with clients who are both on the customer and supplier side. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, at the core, it's just a calculation. Yeah. Uh, and you have to do that calculation right. However, the flavor of those calculations based on what sort of incentive programs those companies are delivering can be quite complex. And we are extremely, extremely adaptable to that complexity, yeah? Through the nature of our software, through the way we implemented things. So we can very quickly adapt stuff. And I think that's one of our USPs. I'm hearing an opportunity, a great opportunity for, for innovation there. Yes. A huge opportunity for you to explore lots of uh, space um, to support your customers and customer base in other ways and optimize their Correct, yes. processes. So I wouldn't say that the market is mature in that sort of space. Yes, People know exactly about, you know, the, the financial departments know exactly the rebates and everything else, but in terms of how they do it is not necessarily yet mature. So a lot of the work that we're doing is educational, yeah, also. Okay. It's trying to understand, you know, we want to be the company that allows, an, allows our clients to get away with spreadsheets and move to another system, yes. But that process is not very easy, yes, because you have to convince people that they can do things faster and more reliable, more accurate, but also in the future, they can use that to plan ahead much more, yeah. And, and that's part of that, it's an education process. So I'm just thinking about how uh, knowledge is retained within your organization uh, and knowledge transfer. How is that currently, uh, as part of the engagement with Adroit, how has that currently supported that, that endeavor for you? Well, knowledge transfer and knowledge retainment, it's always tricky. In a world where a lot of companies are revolving doors, you know, some people come in, some people leave. Yes, it's normal. I think the span of, of uh, people staying in a company has gone you know, shorter and shorter. The offering is bigger and Obviously, people go and, and, and change jobs. So it's very important to actually retain your knowledge. And you can do that through constantly having people who are picking up the knowledge that exists. Never get to the point where someone leaves and there's a gap. Yes, think about, think ahead, how you can, how you can cover that. As I said at the beginning, uh, the experience is there, but it's not evenly distributed. Yes. So making sure that you identify who are the points of risk and try to uh, document a lot as much as, much as you can.
and and find other ways because documentation is not only about writing stuff. So, for instance, in our company, we ask people to do little videos, uh, which sometimes for some people it are easier to do than just writing a sort of war and peace thing. Yeah, but always making sure that there isn't one person who knows everything. Yes, and that information is is spread. And if if you think ahead, you need to always find time for that. Uh, a very practical way we plan those in sprints. So we're not dealing only with a task in hand, but also with knowledge transfer and documentation part of the sprint. If you don't plan it, you won't get it. Because that's another thing with consultants. They come in, they are usually very focused on the tasks that they have to do, yes. Documentation is not necessarily the priority for them because they have to deliver something. So you have to be very careful that actually they do document, or at least in part with, with the others, their knowledge. And you can do that through sessions that you organize with the other engineers or DevOps people or QA people, so that information is imparted. Um, I mean, we've got so many tools that allow us to, to, to you know, spread that sort of information while at the same time retain it inside the company. Yes. And then you've got other things which are around the IP and your nucleus, USB and all of that, um, uh, trademarks and, and everything that actually tells the public at large that you are very sensitive and very careful with the information, with the knowledge that you are creating above and beyond what's already known in the market and that you want to protect that. So what I heard was that, that knowledge is really important, clearly, but retention and being very purposeful about how you manage it and, and, and how you share that as part of your sprint cycles, uh, have things at the end of the sprints, like, for example, show and tells. We do show and tells, we do refinements, we do, um, we do that sort of stuff. Again, it's time, money and resources. Mm. Uh, we're always on, on strict deadlines, uh, but if you do not have, if you don't make space, or time, whichever you want to look at it, for those things, that won't happen. Yeah, um, engineers are very good at solving a problem, possibly a little bit less good at writing about it. Yeah, okay. uh, so that needs to be planned, and it should be part of the culture of your company. Yeah, um, and I'll give you another example, which is in a way tied a little bit with this. We went through an ISO thing, so we accredited an ISO twenty-seven zero zero one. Last year we had to do an audit, and we just realized that rather than doing the audit and preparing for the audit, we should embed that in the culture of the company. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I know you can, you know, everyone talks about the standard and it's a little bit of a, you know, something that you have to do, but actually a lot of the concepts of the of the standards are very healthy because they deal with security, data breaches, uh, you know, proper processes and all of that. And we are now on a plan in which we are embedding that in everyday life. So everyone knows, every team leader and every person knows that they have to do that as part of their day-to-day -day thing, which actually will make the audit a breeze, hopefully. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's the same with, with other areas like the knowledge transfer and the knowledge stuff. You have to embed it in everyday stuff. It has to be part of your culture. Yeah? Otherwise, it doesn't get done. Oh, it's always an afterthought. But I think my point is that you have to embed those in the culture of the company if you want them to be pervasive and if you want them to last. Otherwise, you'll miss them, yes? Uh, they have to be part of the mindset of every person. 
they have to be aware of those things. They have to be aware that actually knowledge has to be retained inside a company, that they might be just a little bit of passengers to the company and the company has a future which is beyond. Hopefully you want to keep everyone, yes. You want everyone to share into the sort of future and, and the success of the company, yes. But life is life and you know some people stay, some people leave. As a company, you have to make sure that that information stays. And the only way to do that is to embed it in the culture of the company. And the way to do that is to have the right processes that support that sort of, you know, uh, embedding process. Yes. And that's a day-to-day -day thing. And that's a little bit of a change of mindset. But the mindset change only if every day they hear the same thing. Yes. And then they say, all right, yes, we need to do that. So Adrian, thank you very much for joining us today. Pleasure. Thank you for making the journey. Uh, no and uh, yeah, uh, look forward to uh, meeting you once again. Nice meeting you too. Thank you.